We can talk about what we want to do next in uh, uh, something gay. I mean, we always do something gay. Yeah, but next time is June. Extra gay. Welcome back to Mung in Your Ears. My name is Corey. Helen is with me. Helen. I said hi. Oh, I can, I can register so I can hear anything. Yeah, you've been cutting in and out for me, just FYI. Okay. Um, Craig records locally, I think, so it'll be fine for the end results. But if you need me to repeat anything, I will do so. Okay. Okay. Um, we're, uh, we're missing April this time around, but we'll, uh, we'll still go on without here. She'll be around next time for Pride Month, or Pride several months, as we usually do. All pride all the time. Yep. Uh, this podcast is extremely gay-friendly, uh, and, and the rest of them friendly. But, Th- this podcast is extremely not straight. <laughs> yes. Yep. Okay, so uh, today we're going to talk about Lilio uh, from Motohagio, and uh, as our older series, and Oshinoko will be our newer series, a new hit anime from Doga Kobo. Uh, okay, so starting off here, we're doing Lilio. It started as a... Um, where is my other tab? Uh, nope, doesn't say that. Okay. Started as a manga in 2008. Uh, it ran for four years until 2012, I imagine, very sporadically published. Um, oh, here it is. I found it. Uh, serialized irregularly in Shogakukan's Flowers magazine, and then compiled into one book in 2009. Um, so I don't know where Wikipedia gets this 2012 thing, but whatever. Uh, it is Leo Kun. In Japanese, uh, Egg and Company and Genpa translated it as Lilio, which works out um, if you're not going to use the honorifics throughout. Um, But it is uh, is as described uh, or as advertised, just about a cat and doing doing little cat adventures. Two-year-old short-haired cat named Leo, and um, he does things like goes to school and goes to... uh, marriage uh meetings where he's being set up and uh with potential wives wives um and he it's, it's just like six eight eight chapters of nonsense about leo and what he does um forgot to say this at the top but we have talked about motohagio before and way back in episode 25 with heart of thomas it's the only other time we talked about it but i've also read a drunken dream which is very good uh, collection hey, of long shots, hey, I believe. When uh, they were 11 coming out, because yeah. if you look at the bio for this, at the very end, it even says, like, they were 11, as if it's already come out by this point. <laughs> y- you guys gotta stop focusing on Kaji and focus on this, because I know you've said that's what the holdup is. Yeah. Well, I uh, doesn't listen to our podcast. I, I hope not, but it'll, it'll come out, I believe. Frankly, eventually. I hope no manga professional listens to this podcast. <laughs> That's also true. Um, that'd be kind of horrifying. If anyone does, don't tell us that you do. No, no, do tell us. <laughs> <laughs> I want to so live in figure, bliss. So we can figure out how to block your IP. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, you gotta be proactive with these things. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so I quite enjoyed this manga. I liked A Drunken Dream, too, when I read it. I remember liking Heart of Thomas as well. I've been wanting to read more Motohagio, um, and I'm glad this came out. It's a cute little manga. 
Children overstays welcome, and, uh, you know, who doesn't love uh, a manga about Gax? Yeah, I didn't love it as much as I expected, and I think it's because Leo acts more like a child than a cat a lot of the time. Yes, I forgot to mention, uh, it's not just, like, about a cat. He goes to, literally goes to, like, an elementary school, and he's very anthropomorphized. Yeah, like, all the cats in the series can talk. Yep. Everyone accepts this as normal. Uh, like, when he's asking, you know, how much is the train fare? They're like, oh, cats ride free. You know, this yeah. is definitely <laughs> a very a normal joke. thing. Uh, no idea if any other animals in this world talk as much. We did not have a chance to explore that idea. But yeah, he acted kind of too much like a little child, which I just find less interesting than cats. Um, <laughs> like, he's going to school and he's getting scolded for doing all these cat-like things. Like, Leo, you can't lick your butt in class. Leo, you, you can't play with the ball during the Japanese class, you know? All of these things. Um, I don't know, I, that just amused me less. I, I had not realized that he was going to be anthropomorphized to quite this degree. Uh, I did not realize... I mean, yeah, I saw on the cover that he was standing on two hind paws, but, like, all cats do that at times. You know? Yeah, I thought it was just a cover thingy. Yeah. Covers sometimes lie. You cannot always trust them. Yeah. This cover turned out to be more accurate than most. Yeah. I did uh, find the parts where Leo was being a cat to be the most funny, especially, mm -hmm. like, when he pooped in his box and then scratched to the floor, which is exactly what our dumb cat does. And we're like, no, you have to bury the poop. Otherwise, it smells. I'm in a meeting. I can't, like, get up. I just have to sit in this. Uh, I like the part where it's raining and he normally would go outside for the bathroom. And so he's yeah. trying all the doors and and his mom, you know, his owner is like, Leo, it's raining. He's like, it was raining at that other door, but it was sunny the last time I came in through this door. So clearly it's not raining at this one. <laughs> and I was like, OK, that I can definitely see as like how a cat would actually think. Yeah. Yeah. I thought there were a lot of good little moments in here. Um, dig like when he was working on the magazine, too. It's like, oh, how how do you like this cat food? It's like, oh, we're a cat magazine, but we never thought about asking cats. Like, you can ask cats in this world. <laughs> they talk. Um, there was, like, a little moments with dogs, too, but they they didn't have much. Um, I think Mokohagio trends toward cats. Uh, she appears to have three cats. So. Yeah, I was going to say, at the very end, it looks like she has three cats, who are the models for at least two of the cats in the series, and I don't think the third one. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, actually the third one, yeah. It's like the other, her other two cats appeared as the neighbor's cats instead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there is also a mouse that Leo kills, but uh, those are the only animals that we have in this manga, I believe. Um, but yeah, yeah I, thought it was, I thought it was good. I like it. It's cute. But um, I, I, am, I am much more looking forward to, to They Were Eleven. I do also want to read Otherworld Barbara, which Fancy Graphics put out, but I'm probably out of print by now. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, th I think Hagio, generally, from what I've read, is a good uh, storyteller, a good mangaka. Um, this one is very recent. It's not like a classic, classic thing. Uh, but uh, it's still good. I suppose Otherworld Barbara is 2002. Yeah, they, they came out in this millennium, you know, mm -hmm. compared to some for other stuff where Heart of Thomas and They Were Eleven were the 70s, I think? Yep, both 70s. Yeah, uh, upon seeing all the the little gags about Leo having to use a litter box since it's raining and he can't go outside. I immediately had to share these pictures um, with, um, with Dana and other folks and being like, look, it's Aggie. It's your cat. The one who gets really fussy about her litter box. Yep. She wants it to be clean, but not too clean. Just Yes. She wants no poop or pee in it, but she doesn't want fresh litter. She doesn't like that. Um. 
Yeah, in, in the comic, there's a gag where he's like, ew, it smells like pee. And the mom is like, that's your pee. And I already cleaned it. It definitely yep. feels like somebody who has had cats for a while. Yeah, definitely. Where are you going? She's telling you you need to clean the litter box for her. Did that. All right. Uh, anything else on little Leo before we uh, continue on? Mm-hmm. This is uh, not, not something that we need to dwell on for too long. But um, if you like cats or if you generally are fan of Mokohagio at this point, I think it's worth picking up. Yeah, it's a quick little read. Even though Leo acts like a little kid, I don't think this would be that interesting to little kids. I feel like the gags about Leo being really bad at being a mangaka assistant and stuff like that, I don't feel like those would quite land. So just as a heads up, in mm-hmm. case anyone was thinking, oh, it, this may be something I could give my kid, your kid would probably just be bored. Yeah, this is not, uh, one of those other vertical ones that, that I put out also. She's sweet home. Yeah, yeah. It's not that. Where are you going? Pick one. Lap or desk? Okay. It's lap. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's graced your lap. Uh, let's, uh, let's take a break, and then we'll, we'll talk about Oshino Go. Okay, folks, we're back, and this time around we are talking about Oshinoko, which is written by Aka Akasaka, who did uh, Kaguya-sama Love is War, and it's illustrated by Mengo um, Yokoyari, who did Scum's Wish. So it is a collaboration between the two of them. A lot of people saying it's just um, Akasaka's work, and nope, it is, it's is—it's a collaboration. So what's it about? Uh, this manga, uh, it starts with a um, gynecologist who works in a hospital in a fairly remote region of Japan, getting a new patient in, and it's his favorite idol, and she is pregnant at 16! And she won't even tell her manager who the, who the dad is! Um, uh, Goro, um, our um, doctor, uh, he became a fan of her a couple of years ago when her idol group was um, newer. Uh, he'd... Um, he hadn't been treating another patient, but there was another patient in his hospital who was um, a younger girl with cancer, Serena, who was a big fan. And that's how he kind of got onto I. And he watches her, you know, partially, you know, out of Serena's memory. And also because he does genuinely love I in the sense of, like, her music. Um, possibly a little too much, but this is idol culture. So I was, I was surprised when so many people watching the anime were put off by that. Because I was like, I feel like this is just to be expected with idol stories these days. But anyway, so I is pregnant with twins. So Goro is like, this is ruining, (laughs) you know, this image of a pure idol, but I am a professional. I am going to just give her, you know, the safest pregnancy possible, you know, because I want the what's the best for her. And what's the best for her is apparently having these twins. And I turns out to be this rather interesting character herself. Um, She's rather upfront with Goro about how it's not so much that she puts on a facade when she's performing, but she genuinely feels like she doesn't quite know what love is, that she had a rough childhood, and says, you know, like, lies are an idol's greatest tool, you know, when you come to see an idol, you're coming to be willingly lied to, and all of that jazz, which I thought was a really interesting, you know, acknowledgement of just how 
fake show business is, but how we all love it for its fakery. And even though I is keeping this a secret, you know, that she's pregnant and Amanda is just because, you know, the scandal on top of everything else, there's a reason why she's at this remote hospital instead of down in Tokyo. Uh, a fan of hers finds out somehow, finds out the hospital. And so it's her delivery date. Goro has stepped outside and his fan approaches him asking where she is. And when Goro doesn't give him an answer he likes, uh, he stabs him. Goro's dead. Chapter one continues, and <laughs> in which we then discover that Goro has reincarnated as one of her twins. Uh, apparently, there is a joke, like in Japanese, like fandom circles, you know, when an idol, you know, retires and gets married, people are like, oh man, if I die right now, I could reincarnate as one of their children. And so that that is just in full force here. Uh, it becomes quickly apparent to um, our doctor, who now goes by the name Aquamarine Hoshino. Or rather, he goes by the name Aqua, but that is his legal government-assigned name, <laughs> by I, um, that his twin sister Ruby is also definitely someone who um, has reincarnated as well, since she, like, he is able to do all of the unbaby-like things of, you know, walk around, talk, get into fights on Twitter about people, you know, <laughs> shaming I, doing little um, wotage, um routines at concerts. Um it is rather easy to guess who um, Ruby is a reincarnation of. You do not win points for that. However, I will say that Aqua has never figured it out. Um, he is not really considered it. Um, also interesting, uh, the anime makes it less clear than the manga did, but in the manga, Goro is listed as having disappeared from the hospital. Like, they are, uh, they are assuming he's dead, but are not 100% sure. They never found the body. Yeah. A body. Yeah, and they did, like, uh, the whole funeral rigmarole because he's been missing for a certain amount of time. Uh, they also obscure who Ruby's um, uh, reincarnation is a little better in the manga, I think, because in the manga she has passed away a couple years prior to this. Um, but the anime, I believe, it's pretty soon. Um, before it's, it's pretty soon. This is, all, yeah. this is all happening within the first volume. The first volume is... Um, yeah. Yeah, the first volume is very full of things. It, um, yeah. it adapted it all sure as a one ninety-minute yeah. episode, which I do think was a good idea. And so mm -hmm. uh, the story goes on. We see um, Aqua in particular start to get into acting a little bit, as um, I is also looking for ways to kind of diversify her idol career, since idols really do have a short, you know, shelf life as it is. And uh, the story then skips ahead and picks up when Aqua and Ruby are uh, about high school age, starting high school, that is, and they're starting at a high school for uh, the performing arts, since Ruby really wants to be an idol just like I, and Aqua is like, I do not trust any of these folks. They are shady as fuck. I am keeping an eye on you. And she's like, yeah, yeah, you old man. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, and so then we see... I am, I am up to date on the manga, so I don't know how much you've read, Corey. Um, I've watched every episode of the anime so far, and that's how I caught up on the manga, I am. So how much of the manga have you read? Did you read, like, one volume? I read one volume, yeah. Okay. The, the collected volumes, they only have two out right now, and I believe the second one is not out in pranks yet, but it was out for digital. Yeah, and that, um, I'll get to that in a second, but that's why I've been putting off suggesting this podcast for so long. But, um, yeah, so we've now had them in high school. Ruby is starting to get, you know, get going with idol activities. Aqua is sort of in exchange for, you know, doing some favors to get Ruby going. He's getting more into acting, even though he's not really a fan of acting. He's one part self-conscious, 
uh, comes up in some later arcs that there, he does have a couple of like actual hangups that would make him hard, make it hard for him to become a professional actor, you know, full time. And the manga just keeps going of all of these little arcs where um, it becomes clear that um, one or both of these creators have several bones to pick with the entertainment industry and have just some really cutting um, uh, takes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because I've seen a I've seen a couple of folks say, "Yeah, I haven't been interested in watching the anime because you know I I kind of know this industry, whichever industry in question it is, and like I don't know how well they're going to handle it in here." And there was an interview on ANN saying that no, we did do some research in here, um, you know, in these various areas. Uh, I think my favorite arc of the manga so far has been one where um, there's a live stage adaptation of a manga series. The manga series is very definitely intended to be like a ripoff of the Demon Slayer. And so it is just not going according to the creator's wishes at first. And you and there's like a whole thing where it's like actually the scriptwriter for this um play and the manga actually want the same thing, but there's so many people in between them that the communication lines are getting mixed up. And I I felt like that one it was like, oh man, the these guys have had like some beefs when it comes to like middle management editors before I can just tell. <laughs> um, so I've been enjoying the series quite a bit, although you got to give it a whole lot of trigger warnings, like death in the forms of like murder and attempted suicide, uh, like bullying, you know, bad thoughts, the whole shebang. Aqua is very much not a well-adjusted child at this point. Uh, well, actually, I guess a well-adjusted forty-year-old, I suppose. <laughs> Actually, yeah, because where the manga is up to at this point, I believe he and Ruby are legally adults by this point. We've had a we've had one or two more minor time skips, but um, yeah, I've been reading it ever since it started coming out on Manga Plus last year, and I'd wanted to talk about it on this podcast because I felt like we could all have some really meaty thoughts. But I was, you know, waiting for um, uh, an English release to come out and catch up with it, and yet, so like last fall last summer yen said they'd be starting to put it out and then with the anime coming out it's like okay yeah we're probably gonna have to bump this up so that Corey's only had a chance to read one volume instead of downloading the manga plus app and using the ability to read every chapter one time to just binge all <laughs> 20 chapters or something like that um but we've done it before i could have done it again but i didn't even know it was Corey on chose plus. not to <laughs> but yeah uh, i i've been enjoying the anime adaptation as well uh i've watched the opening like way too many times, and the ending song is also really good. It's really yeah. fun to see everything moving and in color. Although I do still really like the art and the manga. I feel like that pops even more at times. Uh, I enjoy the series. It's not so much I have caveats for the series, but it is like, this may not be the series for you if you suffer from, you know, yada 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like, I like this one a lot, too. I was really interested to pick up the manga once I started watching the anime. I mean, I immediately ordered it from our comic shop once I started watching the anime, because I was uh, so into it. And, like, uh, if, you, if you listen to both this, uh, this podcast and Taiku podcast, you know that I am into idols a lot, and I just like idol things. Um, and this one, I think, is a good exploration of that kind of world and culture where it's just like these are their idols, they're pure, they're teens or early 20s. Uh, they've never had sex or had a boyfriend or anything like that. That would taint them. That is disgusting. Um, these idols have never talked to a boy in their entire lives. Yeah, unless they're famous. Boys are impure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's obviously very problematic. Uh, no industry should be like that. 
But um, in terms of like the idol music, the dance, choreography, those things, I really like those aspects of it. And it's really entertaining to just like watch idols and listen to their music. It's uh, notably catchy. That's why they're popular. Um, but uh, this one, I think it really combined uh, the, as Helen was saying, the scathing, um, the scathing commentary of that industry along with like this kind of mystery of what uh, what is going on why are we reincarnating what else is what else is going on around that i mean the reincarnation isn't really a big part of it but obviously it's uh it's somewhat of a part of it because they were reincarnated at all as of the latest chapter or two it seems like that is actually going to come up at some point but it hasn't quite yet but the manga has like put a sign on it being like make a note of this mm. it'll be important later <laughs> there's also a creepy child and it's like you've got some connection to this and i do not think i'm going to want to know what kind of that connection is yeah but we're gonna find out anyway <laughs> right but for the for the anime watchers i think the manga does well um or as well as the anime if you're a fan of manga or if you prefer manga this is, i don't think you're gonna lose anything by I watching also be questioning why you're listening to this podcast if you're not a fan of manga but <laughs> yeah true um, if you're more of a fan of manga than anime, then I don't think you're gonna lose anything uh, by only reading this. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really liking it. I think this is, uh, I mean, we don't have much appointment viewing at this point since we canceled Crunchyroll, but, like, this is really appointment viewing for us. It's Wednesday nights, we sit down, we watch the new episode, uh, and then we, uh, we're in our feelings about it. <laughs> yeah, when the first episode aired... I, I, I was definitely joking on Twitter that my current favorite anime was watching everybody react to Oshinoko. <laughs> well, you're not wrong. I mean, especially with that first episode, um, like 90, 90 minutes. 90 minutes of just a whole ass roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. Being I, you know, go from, you know, seemingly irresponsible teen idol to, yes, she is, but also does genuinely love Aqua and Ruby. She's definitely made a deliberate choice to keep her children instead of having, you know, an abortion, which is the same thing to do when you're a 16 year old orphan mm -hmm. you know just that whole thing uh i also like a lot of the characters uh kana is my favorite character because she is a disaster and i love her for being a disaster <sighs> um I, I can never quite remember how they're translating the gag about her in the anime because in the manga plus translation of the manga it was um the genius uh, like child actor who can cry in 10 seconds flat like the and Ruby keeps misremembering it as, like, the one who can, like, lie on a yacht or something like that. But in Japanese, it has something more to do with baking soda, so there's been some very funny images with that. Um, but yeah, yeah, Kana is probably my favorite character in there. But all the characters are pretty good characters. Like, we've got um, the wife of Ai's manager who really just steps up to run Strawberry Productions, you know, their company, after he just vanishes. And she starts off, you know, what seems like it's going to be a very, you know, shallow, boy-seeking character but like no she like she's got the chops <laughs> or um uh, when the um ruby and a couple other characters are thinking about debuting as an idol group and they're trying to figure out ways to you know drum ups interest in them at first um <laughs> this manager's like okay yeah let me introduce you to one of the highest earning you know youtubers that we manage and it's this buff guy wearing a duck mask it's like I make a hundred thousand yen a month on on YouTube. I just do like ridiculous workout videos that are popular children. And I know that <laughs> in that ANN interview, um, I think the creator said that he actually that's the kind of humor you would have found in Kaguya-sama, and it's actually not like his favorite kind of thing to do. So he's kind of glad that he's able to do 
something more dramatic here most of the time, but it seems like he's not entirely opposed to, you know, making, like, gags like that, like, the the way this character decides, okay, if you guys can survive, you know, an hour of my, like, crazy workouts, you know, I'll feature you on my channel then. Oh, and then mm -hmm. uh, in real life, um, the production company, like, got somebody to actually, like, do an hour-long video like that, which is pretty great. <laughs> also, in real life, they've made Memcho, like, a VTuber, which is also pretty great. Oh, my God. Um, especially considering that she's another character um, who... Uh, who's going to be reoccurring. I don't know if she has as of today's episode, uh, but she has like her own YouTube channel. Let me tell you, it was some real mental whiplash when I was reading the manga and they're talking about not only YouTubers, but also she's like, yeah, I started off on TikTok, but that, they didn't have like, the creator revenue sharing program at the time. So I switched and I'm like, oh God, TikTok, <laughs> we are in the age of that being in manga now. Yep, sure are. Um, we haven't had COVID in here though. So clearly it's still a work of fantasy. Yeah. The uh, Chagaku can cry in text seconds. That's translated pretty literally in in Haigai's translation, so you just you don't get the wordplay at all. Um, I remember. I, I, I feel like um, the translator for the anime is Jake Jung, who also did um, Ya Boy Kongming previously. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like he does manage to get like some alliteration with his, but it also matches up with the visuals we have on screen of um, Kana licking mm, right. taking soda yeah. off the floor. Yeah, I remember. Uh, both of us being very confused watching that and being like this doesn't quite well, they must be giving a pun uh but because i don't understand what they're, they're doing here um but the uh yen is it yen yes yen is putting out the manga <laughs> okay um i don't remember which is funny because it's like a shueisha title um it's either shueisha or Sh shogakukan you know one of the companies that owns viz so viz must have actively passed this over for some reason <laughs> uh shueisha yes um, so their translation is, uh, at least in the first volume, a genius child actor with cryogenics, which word plays very well with who can cry in 10 seconds. I don't know. I don't think that one works as well, but, um, eh, personal preference. You get the, uh, the mouthfeel of, of the words, at least. Uh, yes, I'm going to chew on the word cryogenics. Yeah, exactly. That's how I talk. Chewing on words. <laughs> so, Corey, how fucked up do you think these characters are going to be by the end of the series? My my money is on very. Yeah, Aqua is already pretty messed up, uh, and he's he's the older one. He shouldn't be that messed up. <laughs> yeah, I mean for Ruby, uh, since we know who her reincarnation is, she did die when she was you know still like a preteen or early teen. You know, so it makes mm -hmm. sense that mentally, you know, her age is you know like the same as her physical age by this point, since she's now outlived her previous life. But yeah. uh, uh, for Aqua, just oh no. We have the body of a handsome young man with the mind of an older man who knows how the world works and knows how to um, <laughs> exploit things. Yep. Like he's getting involved in acting things again, partially because he wants to collect DNA from a bunch of folks trying to figure out, you know, you know, his father must be somebody who's in the industry. You know, let's look at all these people, you know, who I had, you know, a close relationship to back, you know, around the time when she would have been pregnant. Um and of course, since this is a manga, you know, obviously Aqua's theory has to be correct here that, you know, his father is going to be, you know, someone still alive and still in the, an not not anime industry, <laughs> entertainment industry. I don't mm. think we've had any, I don't think we've had any bits where the characters do voice acting yet. No. Like, we've had this first arc, uh, with the uh, first arc after a time skip where Aqua's involved in like this web production of a adaptation of a manga, which is god awful <laughs> everyone's reactions upon trying it out they're like oh i love that manga sweet jesus what'd they do it's great they've got one like i said where they have um 
they're adapting a play. There's one quite a bit further on where, let's see, who is it? I think it's Ruby who's involved in another internet TV show where they want to go around and have like cosplayers do interviews at Comic Cat or something, but then they get into like a rights issue or something with what characters they can portray. And there's a, and there's like some fluff up online because one of the cosplayers posts when the episode airs, like, yeah, we were going to do this originally, now we can't. So I'm kind of mad at them for that. And they like have her back on the show kind of to explain or apologize. And I'm watching it the whole time and I'm like, nope, I'm on her side. Like, I, I don't care. Just, just say it. You know, I don't care, especially since she's not like a media figure who has to worry about, you know, getting blacklisted for the rest of her career. Um, yeah, I, f- I feel like you're going to enjoy the series a little more if you've already got an idea of just how some of these industries work. But you definitely don't need to be like in-depth first or anything on along these lines, yada, yada, yada. Right. Yeah, I think if you just have a general sense that they are messed up and all of the like, don't don't date general ideas around that, then you should be fine. Well, except that, you know, now... Uh, as of where the anime currently is, Aqua is on like this teen dating show now. So it's yep. like, well, we kind of expect like at least two of these six people here to be dating by the end of the show, or at least one couple. I I, I don't know how the producers would react if any of them decide to have like a threesome. Like uh, that, mm-hmm. that that would probably not be something they would show. You know, that would make it into the final cut. Maybe it's trending in that direction. Uh, having seen how this arc pre- trends out, sadly, no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's still a chance. Not, am, not within the scope of the TV series, but, you know, afterward. I am still so confused that Akane's hair is actually blue, since the few color images I'd seen of it in the manga, I guess, must have been stylized so it looked more red. So when the promo images started coming out, I was like, wait a minute, what? Also, it's kind of weird, since in the manga, they have her start out with longer hair, and then she has, you know, like, big dramatic haircut, you know, to symbolize, you know, a change as she's trying to move forward in life to her current shorter haircut. But they just never start out with the short hair in the anime. So I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Wouldn't have taken that much time on screen to make that change. <laughs> Although hey. the anime is also taking next week off, it sounds like. So production issues on the horizon? <laughs> Dear Lord, when is there not production issues in anime? I did see someone joking on Twitter today that back in the early 2000s, you'd have shows like running into issues around episodes three or four. And now we're doing so much better. They're making it all the way to episodes like seven and eight. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've been watching anime since, like, the 2010s, and I definitely don't remember as many production issues as now. Because there's just so many shows, there's not enough people to actually animate all the damn things. Yeah, maybe we notice it now because there's so many, so, like, the chances of it happening are just a lot higher. Um, I did, like, the, the little interspersing interviews of, like, from the future, here's, the, here's them talking about Aqua and Ruby throughout the first volume, which I don't think was in the anime. I think that was a good omission, especially when they're doing the 90-minute version. Yeah, I don't remember that being in the anime. I definitely remember, I think they had the same cold open, which is when Aqua and Ruby are very successful at some point in the future coming on to a TV show. Um, I've definitely been debating with some fans over whether or not um, that's going to be like the actual end of the series, or if that's a point we're moving to, but won't be the end the end. Um, it definitely feels like the anime is building up towards the climax. Or, mm. like, we're closer to the end of the series than the middle of it. I don't have anything to back it up except vibes, but really, vibes are a pretty good thing to go off of when you're reading serialized media, frankly. Yeah. It's 11 volumes at this point, Wikipedia says, so I don't, I don't think it could go on for that much longer. I don't know how much they want to uh, spin the wheels on this. Yeah, I am going to be interested in where they end this first anime season. It sounds like a second season might be happening, 
I haven't seen like an official official announcement for it yet. Um, and Doge Kobo doesn't do a lot of sequels. Like that's they're the ones who made Nozaki Kun, and we do not have a second season of Nozaki Kun, even though we could have oh. enough material for a second and a third by this point. Please, guys, you're killing me. But yeah, I'm going to be really interested to see where they end it since I've been thinking and I'm like, I don't feel like any of these arcs are like really good. Let's take a break now material. So that'll be interesting. But um, then I can just convince all you guys to keep reading the manga in the meantime. Yep. Available on Manga Plus coming out in print from Yen Press. Yeah. And like I said earlier, if you try to read it on Manga Plus's website, you can read like the first few chapters and the last few but if you go onto their app, it's one of the titles where you can read every chapter once. So make it count. <laughs> <laughs> All I need go- is once. <laughs> just go ahead, binge. I think chapter 120 came out today or will next week. So just binge it all at once. Yep. Is it advisable? No. Are people going to do it anyway? Absolutely. You can get that done in an evening. Corey has very long evenings, I see. Yeah. I saw someone that's like, watch, uh... What was it? Gear Brother? It's 38 episodes. You can watch that in a day. And I'm like, dear God, how much, how much anime are you watching in a day? Wait, can you? Because that would be, what's half of 38? Uh, uh, 18, I think. That'd be 18 hours of stuff in a day. That is 18. that is too much. Like, are you going to, like, drag your laptop with you into the bathroom while you're on the toilet? And from everything I know about Dear Brother, it is not the kind of series you should be watching in large amounts like that. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, really, it's anime episodes, so you could probably cut it into thirds if you skip the opening and ending every time. Ah, but it's an older show, you see, so I, I, I think they might have had, like, um, I, I've seen some older shows where it seems like the openings and endings were actually shorter, so uh, not okay. Mm-hmm. I've definitely got the discotheque Blu-rays for it, and I really need to watch it. My plan is that once Birdie Wing is done, I'm going to need some overdramatic, um, uh, overdramatic <laughs> bullshit in my life, and so that, that's when I'm going to take it up. There we go. Okay. Anything else on Oshinoko before we call it good? God, the opening and the end for the anime are so good. They're so good. So, so, so good. I may use it for the for the songs. I've been using a, an 8-bit version of Cardcaptor Sakura because Spotify called me to stop using real music. Um, well, fuck Spotify. Yeah, so I did, but uh, they usually don't care about anime music, so maybe I'll make an exception. All right. They're so both very good, and I'm very jealous of all y'all folks on the West Coast who had a chance to see Queen Bee in concert because they did not come remotely close to the east coast <laughs> uh, when were they here uh like a month ago <laughs> okay well it's too late now Corey. yes anyway so next time folks uh we haven't decided on what we're doing yet but it's definitely going to be gay april will be back um Corey, let's close this show and get on the road because i think both of us have a, a new episode of oshinoko to watch i have to wait for dana but yeah uh where can we find you on the internet ellen uh you can find me on twitter as long as it continues to exist at wandering dreamer and you can find the a uh, site that I write for, do podcasts for, etc., etc., at theosg.com. Okay, you can find me on Twitter at Taikumenko, it's T-A-I-I-K-U-M-E-N-Z-O. You can find our podcast on Twitter at Mongering Your Ears, and you can find all of our episodes over at taikupodcast.com. Uh, and you can find our compatriot, April X Mongi Orin, on Twitter. Um, Although I think she's still locked at this point. Yeah, she would tweak, but she says it on, on the other episode, so I'll, I'll say it for her here. Mm-hmm. Um, she is still alive. Yeah, it's true. We just messaged her, so we know. And by we, I mean Helen. I didn't do anything. We've had a conversation going in the Discord recently about how in sports anime, it's like your graduated senpai, they act as if you're dead. And that, that is not the case here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Thank God. 
Uh, all right. Well, Senpai, we miss you. Senpai is alive and you can message them at any point. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, folks. See ya. <laughs> Thank you, Ellen. <laughs>